0: to be overcome by the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit. You know, we have, I have a message ready today, but if God wants to take over, that's fine too. Even better, right? Could you sing it one more time? I'm so glad they're here. I prayed for five or six years to get them to show up. Amen. All the kids can be dismissed to go to their classes. Are the children's churches four to 11? Is that right? Four to 11 years old. You'd think I'd get that by now after seven years, but I still get mixed up in a little bit. Um, I want to talk to you today about being disconnected, being disconnected. You notice I had to keep my scriptures this morning because I, I'm using the scriptures for the sword drills that we're using in the, in, in the message for the day. So Joslyn, I knew we were going to call on her today, so I didn't give her the scriptures just yet. and didn't put them on the wall yet, so you all didn't have a heads up there. So Shauna made me really proud when I heard her talking about the first thing that came to her mind is to pray, Amen. and you know I try to do that most of the time, but I, I I don't succeed in it all the time. Sometimes I think of other things. Sometimes I think of a way that I could do things on my own. Right. You ever you ever been involved in any thoughts like that? But my wife is awesome about it. So usually she'll start praying, and she's she's trained me to be a little better with her. And and God God uses her to train me on that. But she'll start to pray, and then I'll remember to pray. That's a confession. Anybody else Anybody else in that boat? Right, we all. We, so today, I'm talking about being disconnected from God, and I got this message from my kids this week. We were out, we were out at a lake fishing on our boat, and we have a pontoon boat for you that don't know. And me and my lovely wife, she was sitting here. She went down to the children's church. Um, we have eight children. And there are six still in the house, but. There were five with us on this day. Katie, the, the one who just was singing here, she's our daughter also. She's in college, so she was, she's doing her clinicals at the hospital right now. She didn't get to go fishing with us on this day. But um, there were me and my wife and five kids on a pontoon boat, and we're out there fishing. And, and it's, it's early morning. We're crappie fishing, and the sun's coming up, and it's just beautiful. And there's puffy white clouds, and, you know, they're flat on the bottom. looks, looks like they're sitting on a table almost. And the, and the lake's beautiful, and there's geese out there on the lake. And we're catching a few fish, and life is good, right? And one of the kids shouts out, Mom, I'm disconnected. I'm disconnected. All my kids were on tablets. It was me and Brenda fishing, and there were five kids sitting there with five different tablets, and they all have a tablet that's a little smaller than this one. And they're sitting there with the face of the tablet, and they're missing out on the whole thing. They didn't see the sun rising up. They didn't see the beauty of the lake. They weren't catching any fish. They, they, they weren't making those memories that we bought the boat to make the memories with, make the memories with, right? But they said, Mom, I'm disconnected, and it leapt out of my spirit. I didn't know what I was preaching at this time until they said, Mom, I'm disconnected. And I said, in my mind, you sure are. You sure are disconnected. You're missing out on everything to look at this little box. Can you imagine just going through life like this? But many of us are. Sometimes I notice my kids can't even walk because they have this tablet in their face. And I tell them, turn that thing off until you get in the car and get buckled up. Brother Adam's looking around his children. Mine aren't the only ones then, right? They can't even hardly walk sometimes. But adults, it's not just kids that do this, because I see some of you all on your phones during church. It better be Jesus calling, right? That important. We're missing out on the world going on around us because we have these things in our face, but it's not just the electronics, it's the world. It's the world itself, right, that draws us away. So I thought, yes, you are. You're disconnected from reality. And it wasn't very long I made them turn it off, and then they started fishing. And then they realized the good times we were having, and, and Kylie said, look at that. It looks like a painting up there. Yeah. It does. It's beautiful. Yeah. It, all the things that God created, if you think about it, God created this whole place just for us to live in it. Yeah. He didn't need earth. He already has heaven. It's much better than this. He made the whole place for us to live in, right? So we're disconnected from reality, right? Many of us are disconnected from reality. I'm not just talking about computer screens. I'm talking about cell phones too, but not just that, I'm talking about anything in the world that draws us away from being, having God first, from being disconnected from God. That's the disconnect that I'm talking about, is being disconnect, disconnected from God, right? The internet, the world does it, and when we do that, when my kids are walking around like this, this screen becomes their reality. When we're focused on the world, the world becomes our reality, and we forget about God and what his word says, Amen. Oh, this, I thought this was really good when he preached to me about it the first time. So our true, rea- our true reality is something much greater, something much greater than this screen, something much greater than the world or anything in it or people or, or, or any, any relationships or, or any possessions. Something much greater than any of that is our relationship with God, amen, is God's word and what it says that I am and what it says that I can do and the authority that he says that I have, right? Something much greater, but we get hung up in this false reality, Amen? Whether it's a screen you're looking into that's got your face covered up or whether it's a job you're going to and you're focused on, whether it's a relationship, whether it's possessions, you fill in the blank, whatever it is, whatever it is, is a false sense of reality, right? Those things are all going to perish. They're all going away. You're not taking one of those things with you, right? So the, the, the word disconnected, the definition of it is I looked it up. I tried to look it up in the Bible dictionary. The word disconnected isn't used in, isn't used in the Bible, so it's not in the concordance. It's not in the Bible dictionary. Um, so I looked it up in a regular dictionary, and it says disconnect. There's two meanings to it. To sever or interrupt the connection of or between, disconnected, as in a hose or a, or, or a telephone. If your phone's disconnected, don't sit around and wait on a call. Amen. Some of you are my age. We know what telephones used to be. They used to plug in the wall. I didn't have a cell phone growing up. Now all these kids think they have to have a cell phone or the world just ends, right? When we took this church over, this church had all kinds of old stuff in it. There was, there was, I hauled off a truckload of computers from the 90s, big bulky computers. There was, a, there was a printer machine back there. When you turn it on, it sounded like there was someone in a hammering not joking, not exaggerating to you, but you remember the old, I think it was a Conair brand, the phone that you could either set down, it had a cord it plugged in the wall, and you could either set it down on the base, and it had the thing, and it had the little spiral cord that went to it, or you could hang it on the wall, y'all know what I'm talking about, it had the buttons in there that you push the buttons, real buttons, not touch screen or anything, but my kids, they were, they were a lot younger than Caleb and Kylie found it, and they said, look at this, it looks just like a telephone, <laughs> and I said, it, it is a telephone, and we were working over here and I went out of the room and I came back and one had the base and one had the receiver and they had the wire strung up between them and they were trying to talk to each other on it. So that's not exactly how that works, guys. Many of us in our prayer lives, we're praying for something, we're expecting God to answer but we're disconnected. It's disconnected from the wall. It just ain't going to work. We're going to sit around and wait and wait and wait and wait then we're going to get mad at God because he didn't deliver in our time when we're disconnected from him. The second meaning of the word disconnect means to elect to shut off current, talking about electricity, in an appliance by removing its connection with the power source. Church, many of us, first off, let's talk about the word elect. When you elect to do something, that's a decision you make, right? When you go to the polls and, and there's an election that happens, you're deciding who was gonna, who's going to represent you for the next, how many, ever, whatever the term is, right? For four years if it's the president. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when we're, we're deciding to shut off the current to the appliance, which is us, removing its connection from the power source. He is our source. He's the source. He's not a source. Right. He's the source. Yeah. So when we, when we get disconnected from him, we, renew, we remove that connection from the power source. It's cut off. How many of y'all know that if you plug your stove in today, you're going to have a hard time cooking lunch on it? Or if you unplug your stove from the wall, I mean to say, you're going to have a hard time cooking lunch on it. Things aren't going to work the way they're supposed to work, right? Microwave's not going to work. Your telephone's not going to work. How many know the promises of God aren't going to work in your life if you're disconnected? The things that we're believing God for, the things that we want to happen, our authority's not going to work if we're disconnected from God. Our life's not going to go right. You know, it it may seem like it is. We may gain some worldly possessions. We may have some some successful relationships. But imagine what it could be if we are connected with God. The main purpose that we're here for is to have a relationship with him. He he, he created us to have a relationship with him. Think about how it was in the garden. He created Adam and Eve. He walked with them in the cool of the evening until they were disconnected. Sin disconnected them, right? We can disconnect ourselves. Think about that. You'd be surprised how fast we can pull the plug on it, amen, With, with with the connection, with the source, with our true reality. God's word is reality, amen? Would you all agree with that? The things that we see in the world, the things that we can purchase with money, the jobs that we can go to, they're only temporal. They're only here for a while. They're temporary. God's Word is reality, and it's the ultimate source, right? Hebrews 11 and 1 says, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation because I like the way it brought it out today. Hebrews 11 and 1. I'll give you just a second to turn there. Faith, if you practice this right here, you'll be better at the sword drill when I call on your name. Amen? Amen. Faith empowers us to see the universe was created and beautifully coordinated. Now you think about this right here. And in, in one of the Bibles <coughs> Excuse me. In one of the Bibles that I read one of the footnotes in it said where it said beautifully coordinated, says completely equipped, every part. Every piece in every part of the earth and, and all the atmosphere, every all the universe, think about all the stars that are out millions of light years away and, and the sun and the moon have to be, the sun had to be just the size that it was and just the temperature it was and the earth had to be just the temperature it was or just the distance away that it needed to be with the sun going around it. You all know how this thing works, right? The earth is rotating, which gives us our days, and it tilts on its axis, which gives us our seasons, and it travels around the sun, which gives us our years and our time, and if it wasn't set up perfectly and exactly, we would either burn up or we'd freeze, right? We'd crash into things that are flying through the atmosphere, and we'd all become extinct. But God made it perfectly, and he equipped it perfectly, exactly the way it has to be. And not just that, but he put water in this planet, and we're mostly water. He formed us out of dirt, and there's dirt here. How convenient, right? What a surprise. You think God didn't know what he was doing? He put trees and plants and animals here, and they're all part of this ecosystem that everything needs each other to be able to thrive, right? We breathe out carbon dioxide, and trees take that and make oxygen, which we need to live. You think God didn't know what he was doing? Yeah. Think about that right there. By the power of his words, he did all that because he spoke. Because he spoke it into existence. Talk about reality. It goes on to say, he spoke, and in the invisible realm or the spiritual realm gave birth to all that is seen. That's powerful right there. If you take a minute and let that soak in, he spoke. And everything that you see, things that we get ahead of God sometimes, he spoke that into existence. Think about how big and how mighty God is. How could we possibly get disconnected from him? He wants to have a relationship with us, right? But it's because so many times we get hung up on the created instead of the creator. Amen? Think about my kids when they're walking around, they miss the bigger picture. Think about you when you're sitting there in your seat in the back row and your cell, heads in your cell phone. You miss the bigger picture. You miss what the preacher's talking about. You're not looking up the scriptures in the back of the seat, right? When my kids are walking into the car, something could run slap over them and they would never know it because their face is in the screen. Yeah. Amen? Think about that day on the lake when Kylie said after she finally got her face out of the screen, she missed the whole picture. She said, this looks just like a painting, right? Think about the things we miss out on. Not just electronics, but I'm talking about a job. If you're so focused on your job that you you can't spend the time you need to spend with your wife. Or if you're so so focused on your wife that you can't spend the time you need to spend with God. Think about what we're missing out on. Think about what we're missing in this thing. What is true reality? We get this false reality about us that that, that this thing is so important that we got to get this out there. And it gets in front of God, right? Think about what we're missing out on. We elect to do this. We elect to get disconnected. We choose every action that we make, right? If you're working a lot of hours, that's your choice. If you got your face in the tablet, that's your choice, amen? We elect to do everything that we do. It's all about decisions. Separation is caused from a few different things I thought of, it. maybe you can think of some other ones. Lack of a relationship, separation in a marriage or with God. If you don't have a great relationship... Sooner or later, you can go the other way, amen? You can come here last Sunday, and you was on fire, but by the time Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday you got here, you've kind of fallen away a little bit. Relationships cooled off, right? That'll cause a separation between you and God, a lack of relationship. Sin, sin will cause a separate. just like it did in the Garden of Eden. Sin will cause a lack of relationship. Anything that we get before God, right? I'm talking about unrepentant sin. We all mess up sometimes. We have to repent. We have to get back on our horse, Amen. Just because the blood, just because Christ came and, and, and died on the cross, doesn't give us a license to sin. Right. We've got to try to do better. The Bible says, "For him that doeth do good, to, for him that doeth to do good, him that knoweth to do good, and no and doeth it not, to him it is sin." I'll get it here in a second, Sister Lena. Unrepented sin, though, will cause a separation in there. Right? Anything that we get before God will cause a separation in there. Yeah. How about unforgiveness? Anybody got a little unforgiveness in their life? Well, I'm not. I don't really. You know, you might say that we've forgiven, but then we want to replay the offense over and over again sometimes. If we're replaying the offense over and over again, guess what? We haven't forgiven. Unforgiveness will cause a separation between you and God. It'll cause that separation. Holding on to something else. I see so many people come into the church. They get saved. Their lights start changing. They'll give up a few things for God. They start turning the corner, their their lives start to to progress the way they should be, and that's the the most rewarding part of being a pastor is to see your all's life change, to see you spiritually mature. But then they'll come along someday, something that you'll read in the Word of God, you'll hear in the preached Word, that the Spirit of God will speak to you and say, hey, you can't do that anymore. What you just said there, where you just went, or that person you're hanging out with, that's not right. And we want to hang on to that thing because we enjoy that relationship. We like that thing. Amen? That's how I have a good time, preacher. I can't give that one up. That's on you. That's between you and God. But I'm just here to tell you that it will cause a separation. It will cause, a, it will cause you to disconnect from God when you're holding on to something else. And that leads me to unwilling to follow God's lead. You see, God put the Holy Ghost inside of each and every person who's saved. He gave us his written word to be able to lead us and guide us through this life that we have here on this earth right but if we're unwilling to follow how many know he's going to go on and lead there's going to be a separation if you're following me to the restaurant after church but you stop and start talking to somebody else and get sidetracked I'm going on to get my steak (laughs) make sense to you if we're unwilling to follow the spirit Isaiah 59 1 through 4 says this behold oh, hold on a minute I get in a little hurry sometimes. Go ahead and look it up. I used to put the scriptures on the wall. It's been a while now, but I would read through there, and I'd go through them pretty quick, and then I never gave time to people, people time to look it up. So I'm trying to be better about that, and it's been over a year, and you'd think I'd be better, but hey, are we ready? Behold, the Lord's hand is not shorted, that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy, that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Word of God, that's not me. And your sin have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. He will not hear. He chooses not to hear from us sometimes when we're sinning, when we're living in sin, right? He can hear, but he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies. How many people think a little white lie is all right? It ain't, ain't going to hurt nobody. But it will cause you to disconnect from God. says it right here. Your tongue has muttered perversity. How about dirty jokes that we listen to and we repeat? We talk about. Looking at the opposite gender and, and saying inappropriate things. That's what he's talking about here, right? Cause a disconnect from God. No one calls for justice, no, or nor does any plead the truth. They trust in empty words and speak lies. They conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. Isn't that just like what's happening in our world right now? Church, we're supposed to look different than they are. We're supposed to come out and be separate, right? We see this was Moses also in, in, in the book of Numbers. It's Numbers chapter 11. We're going to read one verse out of it. But I'm, going to, I'm going to tell you the story so that we don't have to read the whole thing. So you can go back and read it later. I just, I've got four minutes to finish up, and I still have a few pages of notes. So we may not make it. Uh, so, we see it with Moses in numbers eleven and, and the people were complaining this is when Moses led the people out of Egypt. They were complaining how many of you know that God fed a manna every day of the week, and he told them to pick up twice you need it on Sunday or on Saturday so they could so they could keep it on the Sabbath or it may not have been Saturday back then their calendar was different than ours but uh he told them to pick up twice the day before the Sabbath so they could they could have food to eat on the Sabbath, and they went to complain and they were murmuring and complaining and said we had it better in Egypt, even though they worked us like slaves they they, they made us build bricks to build their city up, but we had meat to eat. So we had it better in Egypt. Why did, why did God even take us out of Egypt? They were complaining about the blessing of God. The blessing of the Lord came to them every day, just handed out. Would you like to have your grocery cart just filled every day? Not have to pay for it? It was just handed to them, handed to them. And they were, they were complaining about God's blessing. So God said to gather them all up. And in one of the study Bibles I read, there were 600,000 men. That's not including women and children. 600,000 men that Moses was over. And, he, and, and so Moses started questioning God. He said, God, what's supposed to happen here? Is there, are there going to be flocks of sheep killed? Because God had told him, Moses, you gather these people all up, I'm going to feed them all for a month. I'm going to feed them all for a month, meat. They're all going to eat meat for a month. And Moses said, are we supposed to kill all the flocks? Are there going to be flocks slaughtered for them? Are the fish of the sea going to be rendered to feed all these people? Do you understand how many people there are, God? And then in verse... Chapter 11, verse 23, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Has the Lord's arm been shortened? Has the Lord's, Lord's arm been shortened? Or in other words, has, God's, has the Lord's power been limited? Has God's power been limited in our lives today? He will still deliver. His promises are still good. His words are still, are still infallible. He will still deliver on His arm hasn't been shortened. Church, the problem is we're disconnected. We're disconnected, right? It says, now you shall see whether what I say will happen to you or not. And we all know what happened, right? They ate meat until it, till it says it ran out their nose. They ate quail. Can you imagine cubbies of quail running across the ground to feed a million and a half people? Can you picture that? And they ate it until they vomited. It says it came out of their nose. They ate it until they were sick of quail. God provided because his, his power is still there. He's still the same God today as he was yesterday, right? In Isaiah 31 and 1, it says, <coughs> the, or, what sorrow awaits, this is the, the New Living Translation. I think in your Bible it says, whoa, but they've got it broken down. It says, what sorrow awaits those who look to Egypt for help, trusting their horses, chariots, and charioteers, and depending on the strength of humans. Sure. Isn't that what we do today, church? We're dependent on a job and our boss man and, and, and our wife to make us happy or, or who, you fill in the blank, whatever it is. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it's that tablet. We're dependent on this thing to make us happy or this person to make us happy. It goes on to say, instead of looking to the Lord, the one, the, the Holy One of Israel, right? The world will let you down. Yes. Whatever that thing is in your life that you're getting before God, it's gonna let you down. It may seem good for a little while, But it will fail you. News flash, you're not taking it with you anyway. The true reality is in eternity. Eternity. I'm talking about heaven. Heaven or hell, right? In the words of Jesus, he said, if you disconnect from the vine, you dry up, you're cast in the fire. Amen. We've got to be connected to the vine. We've got to be connected to the source. Look at the Garden of Eden, right? The greatest separation there wasn't the loss of paradise, It wasn't the loss of paradise. It was the loss of that connection with God. They lost their connection with God. They were kicked out. God didn't come down and walk with them in the cool evening anymore. They were disconnected because of that sin. They bought a lie instead of a genuine connection. Right? They settled for a counterfeit in the Garden of Eden. Lack of connection in the Garden led to separation. Separation. It, read to, it led to labor and labor pains. It led to sickness. It led ultimately to death. Doesn't that tell the story of the New Testament too? It'll lead you to the second death. That disconnect will. Our lack of genuine connection results in us falling for counterfeits. You see, we'll take an iPad over our time with God. Or a little more money over our time with God. Or a better relationship over our time with God. Or you fill in the blank, whatever fits your life. An addiction maybe, we'll take that over our time with God. Church, there is a way back. That's good news, there is a way back. There is a way back and he created it. He made it. It's the blood of Christ. Amen. There's a way back and his name is Jesus. This makes me think of Second Chronicles, Chronicles 7, 7:14. You all probably know it by heart. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, we're Christians, right? We're called after his name, will humble themselves. Put yourself aside. Lay your own selfish desires and wants. Lay those things down, right? Humble themselves and pray. Speak to God, right? Close that distance, right? He says, if we'll draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to us. Pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. What's, this, what's a wicked way? It doesn't have to be uh, abusing someone. It doesn't have to be a drug addiction. A wicked way is anything outside the will of God, right? There's going to be no sin allowed into heaven. So any of them are wicked from that little white lie to you name it, to murder, all wicked, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. He can hear us from there. He will hear from heaven, right? He can choose not to if we're living in sin, but then he'll hear from heaven, and he'll forgive their sin and heal their land. Church, we need our land healed. We need our spiritual land healed. Amen? He made the way. If he made the way, he already has a plan. He's got this all planned out. He knew who was going to be here today to hear his word today. He knew who was going to be here. He gave me this message. You know, I was a nervous wreck when I was prepared for this this week. I was nervous when I got up here. I messed up on a couple of the songs. Because I was nervous about giving this message today. Yeah. But he already knew. He already knew. He keeps me humble with that being nervous. If I wasn't nervous, you know what? I might think that I'm good enough to do this on my own. Right. And that would be falling for the counterfeit, right? Yeah. I got to rely on him all the time. But, but, but I'm saying that to say he knew what he had me to say. He knew, what, he knew you were going to be here. He had a plan. He had this planned out already. He knows that we all, dis- we all get disconnected from time to time. Sometimes it doesn't take very long, but church, we've got to make it right. We've got to make that right. If that's you today and you, you, you've, you've been disconnected, or maybe you're not right now, but you have been, if you're not disconnected right now, pray for the person next to you. Pray for me, because I get disconnected sometimes. I slip up sometimes. We have to realize that, recognize it, right? There's no shame in falling down. The shame is if you don't get back up again. Amen? Amen. Some of us sitting here, this may be the last time they're here. You may walk out the door again, we never see you again. So let's make sure we get this right with God before we leave today, could we? The altars are always open here. You can come to the altar anytime you want to pray. You can sit in your chair and pray. However you see fit, God's everywhere all the time anyway. Amen? Can we close in prayer today?